0: Hello everyone, this is Strivecast episode 18 and my name is Marina. Though I have announced that the interviews from the event Diversity at Work are not well recorded, I have managed to save two of the interviews after some hard editing. Therefore, today you'll hear the amazing Rika Yakovori from Go4 and the inspiring Kamila Sultanova from my speaker talking, well, about the Diversity at Work. And then we'll go back to the studio of Tribecast in the Coworking Space P47 to hear about Finland's International Game School from Leland Mazek. By the way, I have one more piece of information before we proceed to the interviews. Next week co working Space P47 will be closed on 5th and 6th of July. And this is because the entire Tribe Tamper team Goes to Helsinki to the coolest networking party in town, which is Plus. And now let's get back to the guests of this week. Hello, Camilla.
1: Um, please, first things first, tell our listeners a few things about yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Camilla Sultanova, and I'm a public speaker, facilitator, and business consultant in education, export, and workforce diversity. What does it actually mean, business consultant? So business consultant is, when I went on stage today, if I asked you to tell them that I'm a business consultant with an activist mindset. I'm matching two passions of mine in creating, you know, a better place. So what I do as a consultant, I take Finnish education to Uplikstam. So I'm part of internationalization in Uplikstam and in Finland as it's, you know, national strategies in both countries. And I also let my customers, whoever is interested in going beyond national borders, whatever, marketing, uh, market strategies, both market strategies, they, I let them tap into my network and I help them with their projects to run faster. Do not you actually feel that Finnish businesses are comfortable going abroad, especially to that unsimilar cultures? So... As a rule of thumb, yes, the non Finnish companies would be afraid to go abroad because it's unknown; it's a you know, huge risk of failure, and risk averseness is part of normal trend, not just in Finland but many Nordic countries, including Denmark. But I think the the cool thing is to find the companies who already know Uzbekistan or are in the region, let's say in Russia or Central Asia. And really, um, offer them what is my value add so that we could work together. And the cool thing is right now, Business Finland is really ambitious in taking Finnish companies, middle-size and small middle sized companies abroad. Right. Was it wasn't easy for you as an international talent to start your own business here in Finland? So I started a bit of a year ago. It was not difficult. You we just went on a PRH website and registered your company and then everything came on you know two weeks later and on, on by post it's very simple and uh, I think they're really working to make it even easier now I think I was more afraid and um, you know took more time to write my business plan because that is really when just is the plan <laughs> right and for our listeners if you ever have problems with writing your business plans or organizing any other documents and you genuinely feel that you' Use some advice as an international talent willing to start your own business in Finland. You are more than free to contact us at Tri Tampere and probably will find a solution for you, especially within this latest project of advising pop-up info desk, check more info on our social media. But also starting your own business is quite much about networking. Between me and you, as two internationals, Finnish people are believed not to be huge at networking and talking to people they don't know. How did you tackle this problem? Yes, that was my biggest fear when I moved here, when I was 30. So I moved to Denmark when I was 18, you know, fearless students. But now I was an adult with working experience and not knowing anyone here was really something that took me the time to actually decide, should I join my boyfriend here? What I did is, as I was really involved as a volunteer in Denmark for many years, I joined and actually started a movement here myself from scratch with Silvano Gorani, who lives in Denmark, my biggest role model. She lives in the US now, but at the time she was in Denmark and I knew I needed some friendships and through volunteering and giving, you know, community engagement, I would gain few friendships. So I did that. Very fast, I got to know a lot of, you know, speakers who would be speaking to youth about dignity, confidence and power to dream. Now after five years, I feel like I feel quite lonely in helping here. Of the people I know. Today, you talked as one of the speakers for this Diversity at Work project by International. Are you about to, to take part to participate in any other events like this or, well, whatever, events and projects? Yes, so I teamed up with two companies. One is the Quality Consultancy, they do on country fires training and strategies on diversity recruitment and retention. And also with a Mondog, it's an advertising agency for social impact projects. So we're going to connect Finnish companies who want to create more engaging teams, And that's way where they can create and really find diversity solutions. I call it diversity in action. So I, I'm speaking in all the events where I feel invited or at least I can feel I can add value with my story and my quest to how diversity inclusion really helps Finnish companies. So it's very underrepresented and it's nice that there's a national strategy for internationalization in Finland, which is now really opening up Finnish companies and promoting it in the Minister of Finance, Minister of Employment, um to really open up to the world. So my focus is to help companies believe in it and also gain some real practical tools to how we actually work on engaging students, because once you have international, there are people with multicultural, background coming here. How do you make them stay? Why? What really matters? How are we human to each other? So I love that idea of empathy and opening up and, and finding those engaging moments through either being a mentor, the workplace, or someone who is always there for you when you just arrive to the moon. A few companies I talked to also shared this fear that when you have internationals on board as your employees, you start to have the cultural clashes within the company. So basically, it's difficult to manage a very diverse team. What do you say to that? Diversity is hard. It's freaking hard, even you know, if you're also an intersectionality background, you know, your mother, where you come from. Uh, Stone country and you have a dark skin and you speak Russian. So there is a lot of stereotypes. So I think diversity is only going to work if, you know, it's part of your growth strategy and it's really led by company leaders. And if it's really like communicated well, there's huge commitment. There also will be people recruited based on yearning for that diversity, being able to show ambition in tackling these challenges. And I mean, things are traveling around the world, you know, the human capital here is absolutely amazing. So I just think that it's an old kind of mindset that should be trained. And, and that's what we mean by offering these diversity, including consulting in forms of unconscious life training, engagement. Also like onboarding, what is the cross-cultural dialogue? What is it? How do we make it really work for each of us? And, and you know, divide team tasks so that everyone is the best version of themselves. But yes, it's absolutely annoying, especially if you're working in a global market space. Finland is an export country. You need to export a lot of water. And you can have a lot of international customers who are not even geographically present. So that challenge is to really want it, manage it, and to manage this global complexity of trade and see dynamics on, which is like on Slack or on email or you don't see customers or clients. So it's manageable. I just think the culture, And how you promote diversity as part of the culture will really have that buy in. Thank you very much for this interview, Camilla. It was an active day, so probably we'll cut down here. But thank you very much for having this time and for your amazing presentation today. And for those of you who have missed today's event, first of all, there will be more. Secondly, there was streaming. And third, you can hear some of the speakers of Diversity at Work in the next two episodes of Tribecast.
0: Would you like to add something before we finish?
1: So my call for action for my today's speak was to cultivate and invest in social capital of both employees and the people we deal with as our stakeholders. Because if we invest in social capital, which is your network, your new connections, new types uh, networks, then you will have also diversity of your connections who you would otherwise not need. So by mingling and you know promoting your giving back strategy as a CSR in local communities. I believe people will meet each other based on different codes, you know, regardless what you, you know, where you're from, what your age is, which orientation you are. And that makes, will bring you some new ideas, new perspective in decision making. And, and that's what I, where I see that innovation and growth, can't be, you know, really happen between, you know, in this dynamic between people and culture. And today the audience was extremely diverse and I really believe that we are in a great momentum here and all the entrepreneurs can really be part of this narrative and this movement. Thank you. Thank you for these thought provoking ideas and I think I'll really listen to this interview and think about it just myself. Thank you so much for having me. All the best. One more guest, whom I met at this amazing diversity at work event organized by PIN International is Rika. Hello, Rika, and please tell our listeners a few things about yourself.
2: Okay, my name is Rika Jakubori. Um, I work for COFOR, and I'm a princip- principal consultant and head of the capability uh, of recoding uh, cultures and future work. You did a really interesting presentation about
1: culture at work, like business culture in general, about GOFOR. And before I move to that, can we consider for to be a startup? Because you guys grow up really big, really quick, really big.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, um, actually, it took some years. So I mean, we are already like 16 plus um, years old. But I, I think go for a little bit like a startup because, for example, what I do, I started the culture uh, practice two and a half years ago. So that is more like internal startup. So in that sense, yes, you must say that.
1: Right, and could you please tell our listeners a few things about, it's kind of a bit repeat in your presentation, a few things about the culture you have in the GoFor and some specific features.
2: Well, go for culture is, is, well, definitely it's unique. I've never seen or experienced anything like that. It's a mixture of, I would actually say a few things. So there's uh, transparency, I think that's number one. And it's definitely built um, around how we communicate and the tools we actually use. So we use Slack for that, and also we have our own development platform that actually a lot of information how to operate and how do things are kind of like given to us rather than having someone to micromanage us. The other thing is self-determination. It's a big topic of today, but I I think you know how we operate is definitely fully there, and uh, it doesn't mean that we work alone. It works. It means more like. uh, you know, we do things that we think are are of value to us and definitely to our company towards a community shared goal. And there is definitely trust in our organization, which gives a great platform and actually a platform that is required to be self-determined and transparent. So I think those two key features, I think they're really something that then accelerate the way we do, do things, the way we work, you know, have fun and we are a very big community network like organization. I think those are the great treats of our company. GoFor is one of the supporters
1: of the today's event, which is Diversity at Work. Why have you decided to support the, this event? What's there for you?
2: Well, actually, GoFor, we believe that each individual is important and each individual have their strengths and, and the qualities that can make a good business. So I, I think the topic is definitely something um, that we admire and we live up to every day. And, um, I think future companies are definitely, they need to be on that platform like diversity of work. Because if you have unified workforce, then, you know, the result is, is, I don't believe it could be as good as um, when the, when the workforce is, is diverse and multicultural and, and has unique, unique tricks. At least in my understanding, business
1: still means that you have to, you know, push people to do things they're not really willing to do, because this is how work sometimes is. Maybe criticizing them, maybe just making them do their job when they become a bit, you know. How do you balance in go for this care about the employees uh, with the necessity of still like a bit controlling them and keeping them doing their job? Or do you believe that like if you create this perfect Atmosphere people will be doing everything just by themselves.
2: Yes and no. First of all, I think it's really crucial for people to understand what makes businesses, mm-hmm. you know, in order to have fun What is required? What needs to actually function? And I think that is a platform of Kind of like the old business mm-hmm. So the performance of the business. So obviously you have to make up the numbers to to, to pay the salaries and have the nice facilities and do the fun things I think, you know, when the goal is clear and people understand, you know, what needs to get done to have fun, I think then you don't you don't need to micromanage and you don't need to tell people what to do, but they, they kind of like see themselves, um, they are self-determined and go to the right direction and obviously, you know, get inspired by people around them. But obviously there needs to be guidance and obviously also people are different. So some people need more guidance than others. And I think that is also the beauty of the business. So some person, you know, they have a goal and off you go. And another person is probably they, they need to be, be aspiring more often. And I think both are really good. So it's not that one is better than the other.
1: I just came up with a question while you are mm-hmm. talking. If one of the former employees of Go4 decide to quit working with you but start some business of his or her own, would you partner with this person? Would you partner with this business? If it's like business like interesting. Why not? You, you won't have this feeling of betrayal.
2: No, because I mean, people uh, have different stages in their life. And also, uh, I think we love all of our employees. But I think if someone decides to start their own business and it's unique and it's something that we can actually co create something together better for our, our customers and bring the value they're looking for. Why not? I don't see any struggle with
1: that. Okay, I got your point. Today and in a few previous episodes episodes we talked quite much about the diverse teams, so team that it's both good and bad to have a team where people come from multiple backgrounds. What's your opinion about that? Whether it's better to have a more homogeneous team
2: to work in a more similar culture or it's better when the culture is really diverse? That's a very good question. Well, homogeneous teams, I think then you probably don't get the the best things out of it. So, I'm truly living in diverse teams. Obviously, you have to understand the differences in people. And I think that is quite often something that is missing from the picture. So, people just wonder, you know, why some things don't work. But, you know, we have different backgrounds, we had different experiences, different DNAs, we product differently, we share different mindsets. And I think those need to be shared and also some sort of rules need to apply, you know, within the team that you agree together, you know, well, this is, you know, how we operate. And also, I actually have some examples from my work and maybe one good point that I could I, I point out here is that you have to agree what's okay and what is not okay. I'd like agree in the very beginning. Yeah, and I think before that also maybe, maybe doing some sort of kind of like analysis what what sort of a person you are because people get misunderstood very easily for the wrong reason and quite often they mean well but they just, you know, they have different communication style, they, they might be introvert when the other is extrovert. They have, might have what to say or maybe they are shy or maybe they need more time to think. So, Answer to your question, I think diverse teams definitely are better than homogeneous teams. And I think teams are needed because one plus one, I think it equals minimum three or four (laughs) rather
1: than two. All Right. One quick question to sum it up. As a business person, do you think that it's a good time to start a business of your own nowadays for both Finns and internationals in Finland?
2: Yes, but I think it really, I see some beautiful platforms today and I I think there is also the whole ecosystem, how the corporates uh, work and how, I think there should be much more cooperation between the companies, whether they're small or big. And I think some sort of catalyst and some sort of, um, kind of like support services are needed to actually make the companies and the entrepreneurs flourish and do their best. Thank you very much for this interview, Rika. Thank you for having time and
1: thank you again for your great presentation today during this event. And we'll hope to see you in Tribe Tumper at some point.
2: Thank you. It was fun.
1: Thank you.
0: This week we have one more guest who is maybe not a typical character for our studio. Nevertheless, from now on we have a new community player and I thought it would be a great idea to invite him for the interview. So, hello, Leland. Uh, please tell our listeners a few things about yourself.
3: Hi, my name is Leland Masik. I am a experimental game designer and game educator. So, I originally come from the United States. I've been designing games that challenge players' conceptions of what games can be and can do for the last six years, originally starting in the Hudson Valley of New York, where I was designing large-scale games for over 100 players at a time, playing for up to a month at a time, various mixtures of what would be called pervasive games. I then started working in live-action role-playing game design and teaching social-emotional skills to children on the autism spectrum and in broader communities, where the frame of a story was used as a tool to explore large societal and emotional issues like the presence of abuse um, and how to interact with abuse from a bystander position and how to emotionally negotiate that kind of experience. I started a game design program in Boston at a place called Guard a really wonderful company. I then moved to New York City, where I was working as another game education program designer and game designer in live-action role-playing games at a place called Brooklyn Game Lab. I started and designed their second store location and their second standalone after-school program called Quest Lab, which currently runs with over 150 students a week in the program, uh, with a couple of other really amazing designers as well. I became a systems designer and was designing business structures as if they were games. I designed a website as if it was a game for a coffee company. I designed a live-action role-playing game called This Is When We Rest, which is performing currently in New York City and Los Angeles, where players experience uh, their own death in an apocalyptic event. It recently won a Best Bet in Theater Award from Theater is Easy. And from this point, I wanted to continue my own personal education in what the playful form and frame can do for humans who engage in intentional play. So I followed my favorite living author, Jako Stenros, to Finland, where he teaches at the University of Tampere. And I am studying with him and learning more about Nordic LARP and other extended game forms. And now I am bringing my interest in experimental game creation to the Finland International Game School, which I founded, and we are starting a... A summer camp program for kids to explore new forms of games that they may have never experienced before that are in-person and huge amounts of fun next week at Tribe Tampere.
0: Probably you should open up a bit more about what are the criteria for eligibility for your program and how exactly the kids can benefit from your program.
3: Absolutely. The Unplugged Game Camp is the program that's starting next week. It is for ages six and up. It is takes the fun and excitement of digital games, which is growing and is an amazing experience, off of the screen and into the real world. So students who really enjoy playing in these high-stimulation action games can experience that kind of engagement while also building friendships, while also running around outside, while experiencing the tactile, sensational world. That is all around us. So what we do is we teach major board games that have come out in the last five years in the golden age of board games, as it's known. (laughs) We teach tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and various other tabletop role-playing games I've designed, as that's one of the fields I've worked in, and live-action role-playing Out in the park, where we use foam swords, and they get to almost like an older era of running around outside with sticks, sword fighting, but made safe and with interactive storytelling techniques, right? So you can be a pirate, you can be a ninja, and you're facing, right, a triceratops who's roaming around, and I am an interactive actor, right? And so, you know, I'll go into body positions of a triceratops or a T Rex, right, and chase children around, and they get terror and the excitement of that high stimulation style experience while also engaged in the physical world. After we play these really big games, we then engage in a game design session where there are no rules for how you can change the rules. So you say, well, that was really fun, but I would change this one thing. And we encourage that highly and active, insightful criticism and critique of games and teach the philosophy of if there's anything that you would want to change in your lived experience, you can change those things. So it's a very valuable education style for students and children to learn that the rules of their experience are not restrictions. They are offers, and they can be changed, and they can be modified, and that education, I think, is more and more critical for students to get as we move into the modern economy and business practices and life practices that are constantly creating new rules for how things are done.
0: Could you please open up about the team which is working with you on this project?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I am the foundational member working especially with the education side. I'm also working with Daniel Fernandez Galeote, who is an amazing Spanish game designer. And uh, he is Already produced an interactive theatrical work with me that we did this last spring as a part of the beginning of this. We've worked and partnered with a series of institutions. So, Danny and I are designing an escape room for next year, which will both be a physical, immersive, sensational experience and also a pedagogical tool. So, we will have student aged kids playing the escape room, feeling the tactile experiences, and then learn about escape room design and then change and build their own escape room as a secondary part. He uh, has designed escape rooms and a lot of great things. He's also a video game designer. So, all of our Our digital work is going to be coming from him. We also have been partnering with Spoken Word Theater, which is a really great theater company inside of Tampere. And we put up an interactive theater show called Well That Depends this last spring, where audiences made or played six live-action games with the actors on stage and got to experience a very different style of theater. We are talking with the city of Tampere. I run an after-school program at the Finnish International School of Tampere. And we've been talking with the Finnish Museum of Games and the library system.
0: That's extensive part of the network. As a non... You're even non-EU. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, so as an international talent, was it easy for you to find a team to do something great here in Finland?
3: I think my experience with any team is there's a lot of... Work that comes with meeting people and finding out how to connect in a beneficial way. So, I have found Finland is a really great, very open place. There's a lot of people from a lot of situations where I've run into where they are really excited about helping, and that's absolutely amazing. When I first got to Finland and I sent a bunch of emails to a bunch of different uh, exciting institutions and organizations, I met some really helpful theater directors and some other kinds of leaders. I met Mirza doing improvisation. I met Jamie Makinen in the spoken word theater, and both of them have been very proactive, enabling exciting things to happen inside of Tampere. So I would say the amount of response from people I've gotten from sharing ideas has been really remarkable.
0: Probably that was a great bit of information for our listeners about your program. As far as I got it from our pre-talking, If you're interested in uh, joining the game school, you can still apply for it.
3: Yes. So we are running the Unplugged Game Camp for the next two weeks. If anyone would like to sign up, finlandinternationalgameschool.com is up, and we are accepting applications.
0: Right. Great. Thank you very much for this interview, Leland. Thank Thank you. This was Tribecast episode 18 and my name is Marina. See you next week in Helsinki and for now have a pleasant weekend. Stay warm and tuned.